This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Coming up on Studios America, Glenn Beck is here with a few words about honesty in the media. An explosion at a hospital in Gaza has the left jumping to typically idiotic conclusions. We'll fill you in on those. And Jim Jordan tries and fails to get the votes needed for House Speaker in a second for a second time. There's a lot going on there. We're going to get you all updated in just a minute. But first, let me tell you about the best in skincare. It's GenuCell. GenuCell has extended their incredible dark spot package sale. All you got to do is go to GenuCell.com slash stew. Right now, you get their dark spot corrector. A must-have after months and months and months and months and months in Texas and then more months of record heat and humidity. Uh, this is with their uh, most popular package. You get sunspots, brown spots, discoloration, and even dry, inflamed patches all disappearing in front of your very eyes. And you might say, oh, I don't know if I buy that. It seems like it's too big of a claim. Well, it's guaranteed. So, you know, I got nothing to risk here. You can take advantage of GenuCell's most popular package, which now includes the dark spot corrector, plus the classic GenuCell bags and puffiness treatment and immediate effects, all for 70% off. The best skincare in the world for yourself, completely risk-free at GenuCell.com slash stew. GenuCell.com slash stew. Start looking years, maybe even decades younger, starting tomorrow. All orders are upgraded to free shipping. You'll see results day one, and you'll get compliments everywhere you go, guaranteed. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash stew. GenuCell.com slash stew. It's GenuCell.com slash stew. Stew does America. We're in sort of a weird news environment right now. It, it feels like there's two huge stories and then, you know, a bunch of other stuff. I mean, well, three, Britney Spears and the new biography. But basically two main stories. You have, of course, the Israel situation. We're going to get to that here with Glenn Beck uh, in a little bit. Plus, we're going to have uh, the all the back and forth uh, on this hospital bombing in Gaza. What's the truth there? I mean, it seems pretty clear. We'll show you the evidence in just a little bit. But we're going to start tonight by doing Jordan for Speaker Part Deux. Yes, Jim Jordan going for it. He's going for a second vote today. Did not work out all that well, unfortunately. Jordan lo lost his second bid for Speaker. Uh, uh, and uh, it's deep. Look, the way the media is framing this is really bothering me. I got to be honest with you. I mean, I know I shouldn't care at this point what the mainstream media is saying. I should just ignore it. I should just shrug my shoulders and move on with my life. But it, it is frustrating because they're just they're painting this in a, in a way that actually makes me a bit defensive over congressional Republicans, which is really hard to do. I don't necessarily like congressional Republicans. I'm usually the one criticizing them all the time. But like, can we be honest and fair here for a second? Uh, you know, uh, steep GOP opposition. Okay, look, what, 10%? 10% of the conference voted against Jim Jordan. Now, look, that's too much. He's not going to get there with that sort of opposition. But 90% of the conference voted for the guy. In a normal circumstance, that's probably enough. If you've got a decent majority, you can get there with those types of margins. In this one, when you have a four-seat majority, or you can only um, afford to uh, lose four votes, 
things are going to get very, very difficult for uh, Republicans. Now, Jordan is never really never really was the consensus nominee. He's one of those guys that makes it, you know, he's look, here's the thing. You probably like him too much. That makes him uh, untenable to a bunch of Republicans. If you like him, they don't like him. That's kind of how this works. And, you know, Jordan, I think, would be a good speaker. He'd probably do a lot of good things. But can you please the representative from Oregon uh, in who's in a Biden plus 11 district? Can Jim Jordan please a Republican in New York in a Biden plus 15 district? Going to be really hard. So who do you put in there? I mean, in a way, everyone mocked Kevin McCarthy for taking 15 rounds of voting. In some ways, it was impressive, right? Like, how did you ever get above this threshold? Uh, who? I don't know if there's any person that can do this right now. Now, eventually, probably what will happen is people will get worn down and vote for somebody. And we'll give you kind of what I think is the most likely scenario coming up. Jordan is still running, though. He's going to still keep trying for it. I do hope he gets it. Uh, the final vote was uh, Jim Jordan, 199. Hakeem Jeffries had 212. This is what the Democrats do. They come out and they make a dumb speech about Hakeem Jeffries, even though I know that he's going to lose. And then they go out there and blab about him for a while. And then every single Democrat votes in lockstep for Hakeem Jeffries. And if everyone did that for Jim Jordan, he would be the Speaker of the House. But they are not doing that right now. Twenty two Republicans voted for other candidates. Now, that is up. Uh, by a couple from the first vote. The first vote, it was 20. So he lost a couple votes here. That was expected. I will say this, though. He probably lost fewer votes than uh, were predicted. So I heard a lot of talk about 30, maybe 35 people coming out against him here in the second round. It only went from 20 to 22. And we had a little back and forth movement as well. Um, Here's the other uh, vote breakdown. Uh, If you care about this, it doesn't really make much of a difference. But I don't know. It's fun to read some of these names. Seven for Steve Scalise. Five of them for Kevin McCarthy. The McCarthy ones are interesting. I think there was, let's see if I have this here. There were six last time, so only one switch. McCarthy had, you figure if you're voting for McCarthy or Scalise, you've got an agenda. You've got a loyalty to those specific people. And that's what I keep bringing up about these multiple factions. It's not just um, ideology, although that plays a big deal, uh, a big part of it. It's also just personal loyalties to specific people. Uh, last time it was six for McCarthy and seven for Scalise. This time it was seven for Scalise and five for McCarthy. So really no big movement there. And that's kind of what you'd expect. Both of the people, McCarthy and uh, Scalise, those people feel like they got screwed. And they right now see Jordan as the face of the efforts to screw them. So the last thing they want to do is vote for Jordan, even though certainly McCarthy is actually, I think, helping Jordan at this point. Scalise, maybe he is voting for McCarthy. I don't think he's been particularly active. Excuse me. He's voting for uh, Jordan. He hasn't been particularly active in supporting him. But still, it's you know, they're still voting for them. That's something. There was a seven for Scalise, five for McCarthy, three for Lee Zeldin. Again, these New York Republicans seem to be going towards uh, Zeldin. Then a bunch of uh, single uh, votes. Byron Donalds. Tom Emmer, Mike Garcia, Candace Miller, John Boehner actually got a vote, which if you want, I mean, look, Kevin McCarthy's a dream compared to John Boehner. Uh, Boehner um, and then uh, Kay Granger here from Texas and Bruce, Bruce Westerman uh, as well. Um, and let me just give, let me just give you the entire uh, list uh, here. This is the these are the people that voted against Jordan in the second vote. Uh, Don Bacon, 
from uh, Nebraska, Vern Buchanan, he was a new one from Florida, Ken Buck, Lori Chavez de Reamer, uh, Anthony Diaz-Posito, or Desposito, as I like to call him, um, Mario Diaz-Balart, Drew Ferguson, I think that's a, that's a new one for today, Jake Elzey, uh, Andrew Garabino, Carlos Jimenez, Tony Gonzalez, uh, Kay Granger, John James, Mike Kelly, Jen Kiggins, Nick Lalotta, Mike Lawler, I mean, he's not going anywhere. He's, he, he's hard, uh, a hard op- opposition, I think, for Jordan. Marionette, Miller Meeks. Uh, we got John Rutherford, Michael Simpson, and Pete Stauber. Now, I will tell you, if I were to, I mean, be honest with yourself for a second. Just, just you're, you're by yourself, right? You're probably, maybe you're sitting in your car. Maybe you're at your house. You're just watching this. You know, don't even, you don't have to say it out loud if there's someone in the room with you. But be honest with yourself. Before the last few days, how many of those names you ever heard of? Four? Two? I mean, especially if they're not in your state. Like, if you're in New York, if you're in Texas, maybe you've heard of a few of these names because that's where uh, several of the people are from. But be honest with yourself. These are all people that have never made an impact in your life whatsoever. You've never even seen them in an interview, probably. They're just not standouts, uh, many of them, at least. So that's something uh, that is, I, I suppose, I don't know that what that means exactly. Like, I don't need my representatives to go on Fox News 45 times a week. I'm fine with you just doing your job. That's actually okay with me. But it is interesting, as people who I'm sure like you, you follow the stuff day after day after day. And so many of these names are people that, you know, they just kind of vote with the party every single time. And they've got par- party loyalties and they're going to stick with that party. And in this case, it's one step too far for them. Uh, Jim Jordan is one step too far, just like uh, McCarthy was one step too far for Matt Gates, I guess. Uh, so that's how this works, and it's going to be really hard to get anybody uh, through at this point, including even John Boehner. Yeah, even that one would be tough. Now, this is what I believe, and I've been saying this for multiple days, if you've been watching the show, is the most likely near-term outcome of all of this. House may vote on empowering interim speaker Patrick McHenry. Now, McHenry is a guy who is, think of this, uh, think of it this way. Kevin McCarthy becomes Speaker of the House. One of his jobs, as he gets this gig, he's got to do one really important thing, and that is to write a list of the people he wants to replace him if there's a terrorist attack, right? Like, if a bunch of stuff blows up, he can't do the job for whatever reason. Here's the list of people that I want. At the very top of that list, was Patrick McHenry. This was a hand-picked guy by Kevin McCarthy. He is going to give you almost exactly what Kevin McCarthy gave you. Now, there are some asterisks to that point, which is he's not going to put up with the same rules that McCarthy had. To He's going to get, he's going to say, look, I'll be Speaker of the House. You can vote for me, but I want some changes in these rules. I don't want Matt Gates to throw me out tomorrow. What's the point of this? I don't want to, I'm not going to involve myself in this nonsense if you're not going to give me a little bit of leeway to do this job. Now, it can be a temporary situation. They can just extend it for a month or three months, which has been talked about. That's a potential uh, part of this and probably where this starts. Um, but again, Every day you're sitting in there as the temporary person. It's another day. You're just like an interim coach in football. Like you, you get the job and things are going pretty well. You know, you maybe go, uh, your, your, your first guy gets fired, then you go seven and four down the stretch. You usually get a shot at that job the next year. And that's 
likely what's probably going to be uh, the outcome, at least in the short term. Now, if he does really well, if people really like him, maybe he'll have a long-term future. Uh, there also will be an attempt for people like Jordan, people like maybe even Scalise or McCarthy to try to build a coalition to be able to push themselves back into that job. Maybe some new people will pop up. But I think the most likely near-term solution to this is going to be something, and I want to make this clear, the Democrats suggested the other day. Now, I thought this was likely before they suggested it, but the fact that they're suggesting it, I think it makes it even more likely um, because you can pick off, you can lose 25 conservative uh, Republicans who don't want McHenry, and you can just kind of put in McHenry with a bunch of Democratic votes. And, of course, those Democratic votes come with uh, an attachment, right? The attachment of you got to give us stuff. You got to change the rules in our favor. You got to keep our you got to give us some committee assignments. You're going to have to buy these people off. Right. You're going to have to be you gonna have to play nice with Democrats. How does that work? Is that is that does that work out well for people? Usually not. And I think that's what's around the corner here. The bigger problem here from all of this is, of course, you need a bigger majority so you don't have to deal with all of these problems every single time you try to do something. Um, Jim Jordan was asked about this McHenry plan. Here's what he had to say. What, what do you think of these calls to introduce a resolution to empower McHenry to be the speaker pro tem on a permanent basis? Would you support that? I don't think that's the right way to go. I think we should get a Republican speaker. Uh, I got 90 percent of the Republicans in the conference supporting me. Would that help buy you more time? No, I, I mean, I think we should get a Republican speaker. I've been very clear about that. And I think that's where the conference is. That's what our rules suggest. So let's get a Republican speaker and get about the people's business. I got what, if, what if it was on? So there, there's where he stood out. There was also reporting that he actually wanted that vote to go forward. Um, I think the strategy there is, because he doesn't want that to actually happen, he wants to, of course, become speaker. The strategy behind that is to say, hey, go ahead. Try your little fakey, fakey McHenry plan. It's not going to work. And then you're going to realize you actually have to elect someone and maybe people will start coming back to me. I think that's the thinking there. We'll see if that happens over the next 24 hours. It very well could. The I think the belief is tomorrow at noon we get another vote on this. We'll see if that actually holds. Uh, but there's a lot going on in the House. It would be nice because of all the things that are happening in the world that we had a House speaker to be able to try to deal with those things, um, including what's going on in Israel. We're going to talk to Glenn Beck about that here in just a moment. I want to tell you about the best wholesale land value in the state of Texas. This is never before offered prime Texas acreage, October 21st. That's this Saturday. New section, grand opening of prime Texas properties at wholesale prices. You can get a brand new Lake Access Barn Dominium ready for your finishes on six plus acres for only $119,900. Or three 10 acre Lakeview estates priced to sell in one day from only $49,900. Hmm. I mean, that's amazing. Limited availability. Don't miss out. It's this Saturday. You can get uh, two, you know, maybe, you know what? Get both acres. Two acres, direct dockable lakefront property on a trophy bass lake for only $59,900. It's minutes to town. Uh, There's shopping. There's dining. There's properties uh, there that are serviced by gated entrance, paved roads, utilities, and high-speed internet to work from home. They got a multi-million dollar clubhouse, equestrian center. There's tons of great resort style benefits exclusively for owners. So check them out. 765 Lake Now. 765 Lake Now. The new section grand opening is Saturday, October 21st. You can buy 
directly from the developer and save thousands on October 21st this Saturday. These properties are wholesale priced and ready to sell in one day. 765 Lake Now. 765-525-3669 is the number or online at txlanddeal.com. It's txlanddeal.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's time to bring in Glenn Beck. He has a brand new special coming up at 9 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to stay tuned for that. You're going to be talking about uh, Israel quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Glenn, I want to talk a little bit about your repeal of the 16th Amendment. Why do you want to make people slaves again? (laughs) And take away the the women's vote. No, this is the the income tax. um, No, that's clearly not. You have it wrong. I mean, yes, that is the 16th Amendment, but that's, you know, you didn't, that's not what you intended. That that is. No. I don't like the. Whatever, whatever. Okay, racist. Studosmerch.com. Get the mug. (laughs) Okay. And make sure it says 16th before you display it, because if it says 14th, you're going to have some problems. Yeah, probably. Um, uh, you're doing Israel tonight a little bit, um, yeah. talking about that. I was thinking about this oh, as all of this was going on. Take me back to restoring courage, mm. right? You do the, what was the first event by a Christian in Israel at this place, right? We called the Temple Mount. Right. No, yeah. well, I yeah. know, but I'm we, saying we, anywhere this, in this area. Yeah, we were above Solomon's stables, right at the stairs of the Temple Mount. Other people have done, you know, singing, etc. Beyond that point okay. on the stairs, but nobody has done it over for it's because it is like literally right there is the wall, okay? And um, uh, we we did a an event there that Benjamin Netanyahu I had to go to his office the morning of the event because he had to tell me it was no longer my event; it was now a military operation. And um, it was basically saying, we've got to come together. We are standing at a place now that gave birth to Judaism, Christianity, and is also claimed now as a sacred place by Islam. And uh, it's going to take courage to stand up and say, sorry, you can't kill those people. It's amazing because I remember when that, the planning for that event started. And I remember you talking about it. And, of course, there was stuff going on in Israel, right? Like, there always is. There's always stuff going on in this region. But, like, it wasn't the center of attention for no. people in America generally, conservatives. I mean, it was always concern. But it, wasn't, it didn't feel like it does right now. And, you know, you always joke about your timing being off. But, like, is this the type of moment you were thinking about when you planned that event? Yeah, we went to um, Auschwitz before we did the event. And um, the reason why is I wanted my family to decide when that time comes, who are we going to be? And, um, you know, I think my kids might have thought I was uh, nuts in all of the years that have gone by. But here we are. Who are you? 
Are you willing to stand up against the people who are shouting on our streets for Hamas? Are you, uh, you know, I haven't seen the, the big candlelight vigils for Israel. Why is that? Is it because people are afraid? I know that there was a, I can't remember where it was in America, but there was a, a Jewish um, gathering, a, a, a candlelight vigil, and they had to have the police, they had to hire the police, not because of crowd control and everything else. The police came to them and said, you're in danger for praying, for getting together and praying. Mm. It's the kind of world we're entering. Have, I don't know, because look, there's always been this debate. There's always been some crazy people who would say, you know, support Hamas in the United States. Those people existed, but I'm surprised at how bold they are. And this is what? Why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you? Why be? wouldn't you be bold if you're there? Yeah, why wouldn't you be willing to come out and say whatever? You, you, they have distorted the truth. Remember, my feeling was back in 2009 and 10 that you're going to have Islamicists, which is different than somebody who is just a follower of Islam. An Islamicist is somebody that believes that the state should be controlled by the mosque, and we live all of the ancient rules of the Quran. We throw gay people off of buildings, okay? So the Islamicists strangely would get into bed with the progressives, mm. the socialists, the communists, uh, and they would work together to destabilize the world and then overthrow the West, okay? They've destabilized us through lies. They've destabilized us because we no longer know our history. We no longer know our God. We, we, know no, we no longer know what is true. Of course the Palestinians and the left would get along. Remember, they laughed at me. That'll never happen. They don't have anything in common. The communists and the, uh, and the Islamicists are gonna get along. They don't have to get along. They have to have parallel goals. And the parallel goal why would somebody who, in Hamas, you don't go around and saying, yeah, you know what? I could have a baby, because I'm a chick. You'll, you'll die, you'll they dead. will kill you. Mm -hmm. So how is it they marched just last weekend with signs about Hamas and LGBTQ stands with them? Yeah. Because the one thing they have in common is destroy and destabilize the West. So they've destabilized us. We don't know up from down anymore. We're, we're afraid to speak out or say anything. If I, were, if I were Satan, I'd be saying, this is the time. This is the time of my great power. There's so many different groups right now whose goal seems to be just chaos, right? Upending the Western way of life, upending institutions, causing war. How do you defend against that over a long period of time? I mean, if eventually... Return to truth. All you have to do is return to truth. This is so easy. That's why it's so frustrating. You see me every day, Stu. <laughs> oh. I do. I get to see you behind the scenes, and I get to see the facial expressions you make when we go to commercial. Oh. They don't, you don't seem like a person who's uh, happy with the state of the world. No, I'm not. And, it, and, it, and I'm more frustrated 
because it's not that hard. It's not that hard. You know, Pat was the one who talked to me about the saving waters of baptism and the saving powers of Jesus, okay? Mm-hmm. And, um, and for years, I didn't want to hear it. And all he used to say to me when I would be like, my, my whole marriage is on fire, my life is on fire, you know, I'm drinking all the time. He would just say to me all the time, you know, life doesn't have to be this hard. And I knew what he was suggesting, and I was like, I'm not, okay, religion boy, (laughs) shut up. Um, And it's true, though. There are a few things that if you will accept, and that is the truth, and know that the truth doesn't always fall the way you want it to. Mm. It doesn't necessarily make your life easier at first, okay? It sets you free, but it makes you miserable at first because it, you have to repair a lot of stuff that you've done and you have to stop doing a lot of things you like doing, okay? But they don't go towards eternal happiness. Mm. I feel like I've been saying to the world forever, it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm waiting for the moment that Pat got to see where I'm in the waters of baptism changing my life. I'm waiting for America to go, <laughs> okay, I've hit rock bottom. I get it. I get it. But I, I'm not seeing it. Is, is America equipped to even do that at this point? No, that's another thing that they've destabilized, our churches. Um, it is going to be, uh, it is going to take, and this is saying a lot, it is going to take the Baptist and the Catholic and the Jew, and the Mormon, uh, all coming together and saying, look, we have difference in our, in our doctrines. We have different interpretations and stuff, but uh, I think we need each other right now. So we'll talk about doctrines amongst ourselves. You have yours, we have ours, but we have to be friends and we have to start cleaning out. Isaiah says, I will clean out my own house first. What do you think that means? That means before you can do anything, the Lord has to clean out the vipers and the swindlers and everybody else in our own faith. And that will happen. I don't want to be one of them that is swept out. Yeah, it's not going to be a fun process. No. But it does happen eventually. Um, Thinking of the country trying to find that light, which is not going to be easy for it to find in this, in this moment. And you add on to the, the pressures of, it's impossible to find what truth is. Like, I mean, I think there's a, there's some people that are just, Rashida Tlaib's just nuts. She's going to say whatever she's going to say and, and, and blame the Jews for everything because she's an anti-Semite. But there's a lot of people out there that I think are generally speaking, normal people that try to find out the truth about these things to the extent that they care about it at all. And they look to the media and they say, oh, well, 500 kids were just, you know, 500 people were just killed in a hospital by an Israeli strike. They're, they're t- intentionally targeting hospitals now. Okay, the first How thing, do you fight against that? The first thing that has to happen, and you kind of said this today on radio, the first thing that has to happen is you have to ask who benefits? Mm. Who benefits from this? Now, is there a possibility that Israel bombed the hospital? Well, they wouldn't benefit from that at all. In fact, it would go like it did last night. Goes the exact opposite. Horrible for them. Horrible for them. 
Now, is there a possibility they accidentally did? Yes, that's a possibility. War is hell and things happen. It would be horrible, but it would be an accident if they did it. Now, you have the footage of rockets coming from Palestine and then one of them, you could see it, yeah. one of them coming down and then you see the explosion on the hospital. I don't know, I mean, with AI and deep fakes and everything, maybe, but would they benefit from that? And I don't think that they did it intentionally. I think it was an accident. Mean the Palestinians. The Palestinians. Mm -hmm. I think it was an accident. War is hell. Yeah, and I, I suspected for a moment maybe it was intentional, but I think after watching the footage, I think it was an Correct. Islamic jihad trying to Correct. hit Israel and missing. Right, and, uh, it, and so you have to ask yourself, do they benefit? Mm. Yes. Yes. Great amounts. Uh, um, I mean, look what happened. They canceled on the, the meetings streets. with the president of the United States. All over, over this. Yeah, it was all over uh, as of last night. That's the first thing you have to do when you're watching the news. And it's really hard when it's like, hmm, my side would benefit. I want to believe it. I want to believe it. You should add extra layers of let me find multiple sources that are not all the same source. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the mainstream media is one source. Someone said this on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but it's a, it's a really good point in that the average person doesn't need to have an opinion on every attack in the first 24 hours. Like, it's okay to wait for some of this to be sorted out. You don't need to jump immediately to the internet and say how bad you think the Jews are or how bad you think the Palestinians are. Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay to actually wait for some information, and people just don't do that anymore. Um, but you're going to have to wait for actual information here with Glenn Beck. It's coming good up at 9 p.m. Eastern. Too. Yeah, really good, good one planned uh, for tonight. Uh, the best way to watch, of course, is on Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash stew. Enter the promo code stew. Is this one going to be on YouTube as well, though? Uh, <laughs> some of it until you get kicked off. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I mean, some crazy things are happening there that we'll save and talk about some other time. But, oh. yeah. And hopefully this will be one of the first shows that is being translated into Hebrew. Mm. We're doing a lot of things. So the most important thing is that Jews don't feel alone. Imagine oh being gosh. on campus in America and you're a Jewish student. Um, you know. They, they, they need to know they're not alone. All right, blazetv.com slash stew. Promo code is stew for that. Glenn, thanks for coming on. Thank you. So uh, our own Glenn Beck started a company uh, many years ago called realestateagentsitrust.com. And it basically came out, of, I mean, I told you about the faces that he makes when he goes to break. We were seeing those faces back in the day based on his experience with his real estate agent. It was a nightmare. It did not go well. And he thought, hey, maybe, I don't know, we should try something else. There's got to be a better way, right? There's got to be a better way. What if we screen these agents? What if we found the best agents in each area? What if they were able to recommend uh, to you know, the average listener you know, a, the best agent around? Well, that's what realestateagentsitrust.com became. The name kind of says it all. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. This is a free service to you, whether you're buying a home, selling a home, no matter where you are in the country. Get in touch with them. realestateagentsitrust.com. They'll turn you around to the best agent in your area. It's realestateagentsitrust.com.
Now, you might find this hard to believe, especially considering I'm the one who asked Glenn Beck to come on the show, but I don't want to constantly depress you. I know these are difficult times, and I know we're going through a lot right now. But, you know, there are reasons to look up. There are reasons to have optimism. Um, sure, you know, we're on the verge of a societal and uh, societal collapse and, and global war. But, you know, that's the bad news. The good news is at least this guy's in charge of all of it. You know, uh, years ago, I asked the Secretary of State when he and I were working in the Senate to write something for him. And he said, uh, he wrote a line that uh, I think is appropriate. He said, uh, it's not, we lead, uh, not just, uh, well, I won't go into it, I'll wait later. Taking too much time. This is something that Biden does all the time and is honestly so predictable and so awful, but also makes me smile every time because it's so predictable. Um, he, when he loses, when the, like, if you have a, a 1970s Fiat engine of a brain, right, that's going to break down very, very often. When it breaks down, you have to have something you're going to do. Maybe it's pull the emergency brake. For Joe Biden, when his brain just stops working, he just acts like he's out of time. That's like his strategy every single time. You know he's just lost the plot completely when he acts like he can't say anymore. Um, this is one of those situations where he is two-thirds through the way, the way through a quote now, obviously, in reality, what happened was he couldn't remember the rest of the quote. So he just acted like he had to stop because he had taken too long. All of the things that he said that he when he was explaining that it took too long were much longer than the actual quote would have taken to just say. But he couldn't remember it. So he, we all have to play along and act like, oh, he just he wants to make she, look at how gracious he is. He just wants to hustle his way off stage. That's not what's happening there. It's a little terrifying, but don't worry, everything's going to be fine. Uh, now, I will say Biden has been terrible on almost every part of his presidency. This one, he's just been bad. Now, he's been terrible before leading up to this. I think he's allowed this to happen uh, when it comes to Israel and Palestine. He has uh, done a lot of things that have incentivized uh, certain actions that uh, none of us really like. But at least his words have been kind of OK since it actually went down. Baisa says that Gaza mil militants um, are, appear to be behind the hospital blast as anti-Israel protests spread. This is important because... The, the protests went crazy because the media all came out and said 500 people were dead at a hospital because Israel intentionally struck a hospital. Now, I explained the other day why this makes no sense. I mean, it just incentive wise, Israel wants to make sure they're just taking on Hamas and not having to fight a global or regional war over this. They don't want this to escalate. Hamas does want it to escalate. It makes sense that Hamas would be the one who actually hit a hospital, if it, certainly if it was intentionally. The evidence now seems to prove that, at least indicate strongly, that neither side did this intentionally, but it was uh, coming from the Palestinian side. Early intelligence suggests hospital blasts caused by a Palestinian group. Uh, that is not actually Hamas, that is uh, Islamic Jihad. I mean... It's not really RC Cola, it's Pepsi. But, I mean, it's, you know, you're really going to worry about the differences all that much. Let me show you some of the evidence, though, that really does show this is going on. Now, it, it, it's interesting because Islamic Jihad released, uh, here's the video, by the way, we can let this go. You're seeing the rockets kind of go through the sky. And, uh, you know, here it comes. And you see something shoot down quickly, uh, explosion of some sort. And then on the ground, you see uh, the hospital get hit. Um, so... 
pretty clear. Now, it's hard from that perspective to see exactly. Of course, you're just looking at the screen, not knowing where this was. But these are rockets fired from Islamic Jihad in the Palestinian territory of Gaza Strip over into uh, Israel, or at least attempting to shoot it over into Israel. Now, something like 40% of these rockets, they're all terrible rockets. 40% of them don't actually get to Israel. I mean, they're, you know, they're just homemade stuff most of the time. So this isn't too, too shocking. It just had really bad results on this one. Um, let me give you another view of this. Uh, you can kind of see, you see the rockets rising once again, coming toward Israel. This is after an announcement made by Islamic Jihad. They were about to fire rockets. So right from this area, this is, these are coming out of a cemetery. And you see as they're all lighting up in the sky, the last one kind of goes out. And that's when the action really starts. If you watch closely on the ground, there you go. You see the massive uh, explosion on the ground and a fire afterward it's uh, let me just show you one other video a view of this this is from the other side of this uh, again sh looking at this you can see and you'll see clearly on the screen uh, the uh, this is proof of israel's claims where, that it was actually here. missiles from the gaza strip shot uh, uh into the direction of the el ahali uh, hospital in gaza city you and not the from Israel. The These are, this is uh, channel 12's camera. It is a camera situated in the city of Netivot, and its view is of the Gaza Strip. You see the time uh, stamp on this. It's 6.59, and this is when it happens. We can play, press play on the tape, and you can see very clearly. Again, this is Channel 12's camera. Um, you can show that you can see the rockets. This is the uh, left red stamp fired over the hospital, which is the right, and you can see the blast. So that is proof of the fact that it came from the Gaza Strip, uh, a cam uh, our uh, cameras, Channel 12's cameras. Uh, the president of the United States has already said it appears it was done by the other team, meaning he uh, also realizes that it was shooting from inside Gaza over the hospital. Uh, really fascinating. And, and when you look at this, because there's multiple pieces of this, remember the media ran immediately with a narrative that said, this hospital was hit by an intentional strike uh, by Israel on the Gazan hospital. 500 people are dead. That was the headline. Some places were, would qualify it a little bit, and they would say could have been a mistake by Israel. That was their only qualification. Not asking where the rockets came from. We just showed you where the rockets came from. They came from the Palestinian side of this. It, they were fired by Islamic Jihad. All evidence points to that. But there's a second part of that that also wasn't questioned. No skepticism was put into this. Did 500 people actually die in these attacks? I mean, okay, what are you picturing when you think 500 people in a hospital die during these attacks? Well, you're picturing, okay, there's a big skyscraper hospital. Uh, the whole thing got knocked to the ground and everyone inside died, right? That's what I was picturing when I saw the headlines. Well, now we have actual video of what the scene looks like. This is the overhead and you get a little bit of uh, understanding of what this looks like from the overhead, where this all uh, went down. And this kind of gives you just the sort of overhead view of, of what went on. But you see here a bunch of cars. You see a bunch of buildings that seem to be standing. Um, why would cars still be remaining there if they were hit by a, a giant Israeli missile? And why would the buildings around there still be standing as well? Let me now show you uh, what it looks like in the parking lot of the supposedly bombed out hospital. Now you can see some fi fires clearly happened, but some of the cars are in decent shape. Like I, some of these cars look better than the first car I ever had. And then they're sitting next to, I don't know, multiple buildings that are all standing up. The hospital still intact. 
There is absolutely no way 500 people died in this incident. Now, to be I'll give you a little more perspective on this. At times in these moments when Israel and uh, Palestinian territories are firing back and forth at each other with rockets, some people wind up camping out at and nearby hospitals because they think, okay, well, Israel won't hit the hospital. I'll be safe here. So they sleep in the grass nearby. Some of them seemingly were hit by this. Uh, Again, this Palestinian uh, Islamic Jihad rocket but there's no way it was 500 people. I mean, that is just a BS number. The, the hospital still stands. If you were a, 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 a person who was in the hospital being treated, you would could still be in the hospital. I mean, they're walking through the hospital in the video. I mean, it, it's just incredible that the media ran with this. Now, uh, in the interim, uh, the U.S. Ha- has vetoed a plan by the U.N. Security Council to try to get humanitarian aid into, uh, into uh, Gaza. They are basically calling for ceasefires. Again, they haven't even started yet. I mean, yes, they've been firing uh, rockets and, and, and such, but they haven't even started the ground invasion yet. They're already calling for ceasefires all over the place. Rashida Tlaib uh, doesn't even care about any of that. She's still blabbing on about the hospital bombing that's been debunked. Rashida Tlaib blames Gaza hospital bombing on Biden's support for Israel. Now, look, I don't want to cause a gymnastics breakout here, but you're going to need mental gymnastics to get to her point. Here's what she said. Israel just bombed the Baptist hospital, killing 500 Palestinians, doctors, children's patients, just like that. All of that is untrue. The 500 people did not die. Israel didn't do it. POTUS, the Joe Biden, this is what happens when you refuse to facilitate a ceasefire and help deescalate your war and destruction only approach. Uh, only approach has opened my eyes and many Palestinian Americans and Muslim Americans like me. We will remember where you stood. Wow. A little threat coming from uh, Rashida Tlaib, who is kind of trying to stand out from the from the crowd uh, as far as the squad. I mean, you know, AOC said some dumb stuff. Elon Omar said some dumb stuff. But Tlaib has really been the squad star here. She's kind of outshining uh AOC I expect AOC to get back on television and say something really stupid tomorrow to try to take that banner back to her side but until then it's Rashida Tlaib who's the queen Jace Medical, the same company that brings you the Jace case, has a new product out. It's called Jace Daily, and it's a prescription supply service. This is really useful. It allows you to get up to a 12-month backup supply of your prescription medication in case of emergency. It covers a lot of medications, things like cholesterol, diabetes, heart health, blood pressure, mental health, and so much more. And Jace has been working to expand their medical offerings. They've even added ivermectin as an add-on if you want to get some of that. For the Jace case, your order is going to be reviewed by a certified healthcare professional and delivered right to your door. Recently, I spoke to Sean Rowland. He was on the show. Uh, he founded Jace Medical, and he explained that being prepared for, for medically uh, induced sort of shortages is much more than just having access to antibiotics. You also got to have everything that you have day to day. When you hear that your medications are produced overseas, uh, you see that where that trouble can kind of sneak in. Uh, he said, the peace of mind gained by having this kind of long-term supply of your vital medications can't be overstated. Kind of hard to disagree with that one. Go to jacemedical.com, enter the code STU at checkout for a discount on your order. The promo code is STU at jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. We spoke to Glenn Beck earlier in the program, and you might say, well, I can't wait to watch that on YouTube. And then you go to YouTube and you realize, eh, 
I mean, Glenn always says something that gets him pulled from YouTube. Well, you don't have to worry about that if you're a Blaze TV subscriber. BlazeTV.com slash stew is the place to go to get your subscription. If you use the promo code stew, you'll save 10 bucks. We've got a lot of really big stuff coming right around the corner uh, with Blaze TV and theblaze.com. Lots of really cool stuff I think you're going to like. Uh, but we need your help uh, to make sure this is, uh, we have the resources to do these investigations and all the stuff that we've been doing lately and a lot of new stuff in the future. BlazeTV.com slash stew. Promo code stew. Got a lot of great stuff coming up for you uh, on tomorrow's program. Steve Dace is going to join us. Also on Friday, I'm going to be on Steve Dace's show as well. Make sure to uh, check that out if you have time. For me, I've got stuff going on tonight. Uh, tonight is my 21st anniversary. You believe that? Yeah, 21 years. Uh, for some reason, uh, Lisa has been married to me, which obviously makes no sense. I mean, uh, scientifically shouldn't happen. But if you think about it, you look at it, both of us next to each other and you say, wow, you really married up. Just stop and think for a second. Think of how good I must be at everything else. Like, think of what an incredible husband I must be to have her sticking around for 21 years. I mean, that's bonkers that she's still around. But I do appreciate it. Happy anniversary, Lisa. And uh, we will see you tomorrow.